Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and this is Shi'ar Jashub, a Bible study program coming from Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. Today we will be continuing a sermon by Pastor Greg Scalzo in his series on Heavenly Authority. My husband is speaking about the New Testament office of the deacon, the title of which comes from the Greek word that originally meant an attendant or waiter or servant. And he was going through the different biblical usages of the word diakonos and its related Greek forms diakoneo and diakonia. And when we left off, Pastor was discussing the connection of these words to the full scope of ministries in the church and was reading from Ephesians chapter 4. Here is Pastor Greg Scalzo. And he says in verse 11, uh, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Well, that word there, ministry, diakonia. And the NIV will say works of, rather than works of ministry, works of service. So there's this word deacon being used to speak about all the services, all the works that the believers have, the positions, the offices, the ministries they have. Another key scripture we looked at, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, at the very beginning of it, verse 4 and 5. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, right? That word there, the akonia, but the same Lord. Matter of fact, the NIV will say there are different kinds of services, but the same Lord. And that's the progression we did, right? We looked at the first, the gifts of the Spirit, and then we looked at the offices or the ministries or the services or the diakonia. So you have this second level, first level, the word, each is a servant to Jesus Christ. Second level, the word is used in the New Testament to speak about all the different offices, all the different services, all the different ministries. Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5, But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist. We studied this when we studied uh, the office, the ministry of the evangelist. Fulfill your diakonia, fulfill your ministry. So each one of them is a diakonia. Each one of them is a ministry, a service. And the apostles themselves would talk about their service as servants. Paul would say in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 5, Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos but ministers but diakonos, deacons, by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. Same exact word. So this concept of the servant applies to the individual ministries, all of them, apostle, prophet, teachers, evangelists. They're all individual servants, services, attendants, waiting on the Lord and doing the work. Um, in Acts chapter 
21 and verse 19. When he had greeted them, this is speaking about Paul, he told in detail those things which God had done among the Gentiles through his diaconia, through his ministry. So the apostles applied it to themselves. And of course, the key scripture where that is spoken about is one we've looked at several times, especially when we study the office of the apostle, which is back in Acts chapter 6. So if you turn back to Acts chapter 6, and you have, we'll look at it very quickly again, the um, complaint in the church at Jerusalem. The church is growing at this point. We've studied all this, how under the apostles you have an active living church. In those days when the number of disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews, those of the Aramaic-speaking Jews, by the Hellenists, those of the Greek-speaking Jews, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Daily distribution. Some of your translations will say a daily service of food, of food being applied. Daily distribution, literally, in the daily diaconia, the daily service, serving the table, right? Serving the food on the table. And there's a complaint. Our Greek-speaking widows are not getting as much as your Hebrew or your Aramaic-speaking widows. Verse 2, then the twelve, the, the apostles, summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve the Akineo tables. Serve tables. Wait on the people. Decide who gets this, who gets that. We have an important job to do with the Word of God. We can't be involved in this that distracts from our time and the important things we need to do to reach the people in Jerusalem over this fight that's going on. And yet, someone has to solve it, right? You can't just let it go on and build up in the church. It might be a legitimate complaint, in which case someone's being cheated. If not, it's making hard feelings. It's got to be dealt with, and yet how can they spend the time over such a matter when they have the word of God to minister to all the Jews in Jerusalem? And really, it's supposed to go out to the uttermost parts of the world. Verse 3, Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually, in verse 4, to prayer and the ministry, the akonia, the service of the lagos of the word. See, they were servants. Their service, their attendance, the work they had to do for the Lord and for the church and for the unbeliever, was the Word of God. They had to get the Word of God out. They had to make sure they were rightly dividing the Word. They were hearing from the Lord. They had an important service to do. It wasn't that they were higher than everyone else, but they had a service. They were the same menial word as a servant, a table waiter, right? Someone that waits on you is applied to the apostles, but their service focuses on the Lagos, the Word of God. And so... That brings us then to the third level of meaning for this word deacon. We talked about service, every saint having a service unto the Lord in general. Individual offices, evangelists, apostles even, being considered servants having an office, a service, a ministry. 
But now you get to the third level of usage in the New Testament for a very specific office, that which we opened up with, with your bishops and deacons. This leads in the section Acts chapter 6 to the specific diaconia, the specific service of servant, of deacon. The deacon, someone that's going to serve and do a lot of the busy work that needs, has to be done in the church. That everything goes smoothly, that you don't have confrontations and complaints like you have here in the church in Jerusalem. Because depending on church size, there's a lot of practical things that need to get done. It's really an office. The office of the deacon, as used in this sense of the New Testament, is an office of serving the church, doing those things that need to get done. The real work that can often distract from the ministry of the Word of God, be the Word of God by an apostle, be it by the elder who is appointed to teach or anointed to teach, or the elders that maybe are not anointed to teach but have some very important work to be done in that church's outreach and ministry in directing the church. And so the office of the deacon is a very practical office. You see, it's separated from bishop, from the pastor, bishop, elder, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons. It's separate. It's a very practical office because sometimes tables have to be served, right? Meaning that sometimes there are basic decisions, nuts and bolts decisions that have to be made in the church functioning that can detract from the time that must be put into the ministry of the Word of God. Uh, and you see here in verse 3, he says, whom we may appoint over this business. That word there means business, necessity, duty, requirement. There's a lot of businesses. There's a lot of necessities, things that need to be done in the church, requirements. And these men appointed, and we'll see that women can be appointed later on as deaconesses, appointed to these positions, take on this responsibility to handle those uh, affairs, everyday affairs of the church, and there needs to be delegation. The apostles here are delegating, right? The elders, the presbyters, the pastors of a church delegate authority and responsibility down to the deacons to take care of a lot of the busy things that need to be done. And there's, this is not just, well, they have to serve as in waiting on tables. They have big decisions to make. These seven that are appointed have to decide in the church, how that food was going to be distributed. Doesn't mean they're actually doing the waiting on the table, though they might, but they're decision makers. They're decision makers on daily work, common work, things that really sometimes come into the church and can pull the church further apart than the large doctrinal issues. Just like doctrine on the upper level can pull things apart. You know, you have the widows of the Greek speaking complaining that the widows of the Hebrew-speaking are getting more food, that church is going to pull apart really fast. So the common things need to be taken care of as well. Very practical office. You know, I went through my MBA curriculum, and one of the things they uh, emphasize that you need for any organization to succeed, you have to be able to delegate responsibility and authority. 
Anytime you see a business where you have an entrepreneur who keeps control of all the power and is involved in all the details, it falls apart. You need people who are detailed people who you trust to handle those areas. Well, you know, before the MBA and before all the money that you can spend on an MBA, the Bible says it right here in Acts chapter 6. The apostles, by the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, knew that for the organization of the church to work, they needed to delegate. And that's where the office of these seven, this is really the start of the deacons. And there's criteria. We've discussed these criteria. I won't go into them too much here. In verse 3, right? Seek out, brethren, from among you seven men of good reputation. Does that tie into what we studied about the bishops and the pastors and the elders, right? right? A lot of those things that Paul said to Timothy and Titus dealt with the reputation of the men, right? Full of the Holy Spirit. And you see Stephen anointed with the Holy Spirit, Philip anointed with the Holy Spirit, would make great impact in the church as they took on this, what some would consider this lower role of a deacon, they each were exalted then by the Holy Spirit. Stephen, whose witness the Apostle Paul heard and had an impact, and Philip then becoming an evangelist, right? Starting off as a, as a deacon. And full of what? Full of wisdom. Full of wisdom. Pastor Greg Scalzo's award-winning book, The Nature and Power of Prayer, available from booksellers everywhere, would make a thoughtful gift and great witnessing tool this Christmas season. And you can access important Bible teaching and information about our church at shiarjashub.org. Join us next time for Shiar Jashub.